Hello and welcome back to Market House, the show where we talk all things Disney. My name is Caleb and I am the host of the show. And yeah, let me start off by saying just a quick uh, sorry, a quick apology for the unannounced break there. Um, and you know, it's just life gets crazy. And uh, we had uh, family, uh, we went to visit family from out of town. And, uh, you know, just timing didn't work out. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's hard to record these sometimes when life gets a little crazy. And it is crazy right now. Um, just to give you an idea of what we're dealing with. Uh, you know, weather's getting cold and rain's coming, which is a miracle in California in and itself. But, uh, yeah, the, the weather's getting, uh, wintry, which is great. I love the weather, but unfortunately, like I've mentioned in a previous episode, that brings the ants and they are attacking our home relentlessly. They're popping up everywhere. So they pop up in our pantry. They pop up in the living room. They're in the bathroom. They're just everywhere. So, that has been an absolute blast. So just to give you a window into my life right now, it is, uh, I'm a pest control person. I uh, have a day job. I'm trying to do a podcast. Uh, cars are breaking down left and right. Uh, I have got a car that has been in the shop for uh, over two months now because uh, some jerk stole my catalytic converters. And uh, they there's a part shortage. I don't know if you've heard of this, a uh, little thing called covid has affected uh, the world in in many ways, and one of them being uh, the supply chain. So anyways, life is crazy, and sometimes, you know, you just don't get done what you want to get done. So I apologize. I'm going to be uh, trying to be a little more normal on the old posting schedule, but uh, the holidays brings a lot of mess. So I'm sure you can understand that. But yeah, speaking of holidays, Christmas is right around the corner. It is this week, which is unbelievable. And uh, yeah, we're still finishing up just a couple of last minute things. We're like 99% done, but you know, there are just, there's uh, those just kind of random little things that you don't remember. And I've, I've remembered those things now. So I've got to get a couple more gifts and then we'll be finished. So I'm hoping your uh, Christmas shopping is done already. And if not, I hope it goes smooth and without uh, too many issues because it's crazy out there. Our mall is absolutely insane. And I don't wish that upon anybody. So online shop and uh, pray that it gets here on time. But yeah, uh, we've missed a lot of news. I'm just going to cover a few of them today. Uh, but let's go ahead and dive in. So our first story is uh, related to YouTube TV, which is their uh, paid streaming service, uh, kind of like live TV. Yeah, kind of, kind of, it is, it is live TV. And, uh, that's their offering. You know, there's like Hulu live, there's YouTube TV, there's good old fashioned cable. Uh, but yeah, it looks like, um, they did not come to an agreement with Disney in time. And, um, you know, uh, these cable and streaming companies have to renew contracts once in a while with, um, content kind of provider. So you've got Disney, who's a giant company, right? They own 20th Century Fox, Lucasfilm, Marvel, the whole thing. So they own all these, all this content. And then they license that out to these cable companies or now streaming companies, which is a uh, kind of the new thing. And they have to renew these things once in a while. And they were negotiating and they could not come to an agreement. So this meant that uh, YouTube TV subscribers lost access to 
uh, Disney content, which is, I mean, a ton of TV, ABC, ESPN, Disney Channel, all of them, uh, lost lost uh, access to that content for 48 hours before they reached a deal. So, uh, yeah, they, they kind of uh, went up to the wire there. They did not meet uh, the goal. And so for two days, those subscribers did not get access to Disney Channel. So I guess it could have been a lot worse. Um, it could have gone on for a few months. I know Dish, at one point, they weren't able to carry... I forgot which company, but they weren't able to carry some content for a long time before they reached an agreement. So this happens often. I think they play hardball. Uh, someone's bluff got called and they didn't have the content. And so looks like they quickly came to an agreement. So if you're a subscriber of YouTube TV, you got Disney stuff back. So uh, yeah, I mean, I guess check uh, your streaming partner and make sure that they will renew their contracts before you sign up with them. I'm not sure you can how you can check on that, but uh, maybe send them an email. That might work. Next up, we've got CNBC reporting that some internal executives have predicted that Bob Iger will return as CEO of Disney in 2022. I highly doubt this will happen, but it's a news story, and it has uh, circulated the world, and I it's been all over the place, and Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, you know all over the Disneyverse. So yeah, uh, some... Un, uh, unnamed executive, internal executive, has predicted that Iger will return. And uh, this is in response, I think, to a plummeting stock price. Uh, it's down nearly 20% year to date. And uh, we all know that Disney Plus subscriber growth has slowed and uh, has kind of battered that stock price. So I think both investors aren't very happy right now. Part goers aren't super happy right now with the changes that are being implemented. And, uh, yeah, you got some messy contract handling with the Scarlett Johansson debacle and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think there is reason to be concerned. I doubt that Disney will pull Mr. Chapek and replace him with a 70-year-old Bob Iger. I think he's deserved his retirement and he's uh, he's served his time and has uh, done his tour of duty. And I think he wants to move on to other things. Um, I think he's writing a second book. And uh, I know he has some political aspirations. So, Doubt he'll return, but it's a fun headline, and I think that's why they wrote the story. But I uh, highly doubt Iger returns as CEO, but it's uh, it's a nice thought to have. Next, it looks like uh, the Disneyland app had some trouble this past week uh, due to an AWS, uh, which stands for Amazon Web Services, if you're not in the know. Uh, but yeah, uh, the more and more apps are relying on these third-party uh, service providers for their infrastructure, right? Their network hosting. So I'm not going to get into too technical terms. I'm uh, definitely a novice when it comes to that stuff. So I'm not going to act like I know what I'm talking about, but I know a little bit about how it all works. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're reliant, right? There's Microsoft Microsoft Azure, there's uh, AWS, Amazon Web Services, Oracle has a product. And so you've got like three or four main providers that pretty much provide 90%, I think, of uh, server uh, services essentially to and hosting services for these apps. And it's kind of scary because if one goes down, it affects multiple companies. You've got, uh, I know Amazon was down, uh, you know, Amazon Web Services, uh, Disney, uh, some banks were down like Chase, Capital One. You couldn't access online banking. So this is a scary time we live in. Uh, it's convenient as heck because uh, companies are saving time. They don't have to, you know, manage on-premises servers and all that junk that you had to do back in the day, but it also means a higher chance of downtime. So 
when you've got a Disneyland, uh, today's Disneyland that relies on app usage like none before, especially with Genie Plus, uh, it's a problem when it doesn't work. Mobile ordering, everything's down. Maps, I mean, who uses a physical map anymore? So yeah, it's something that Disney probably should keep at the forefront of their mind. Hopefully they have some kind of backup solution. They don't just kind of shrug their shoulders and go, oh, sorry, not our problem. Talk to AWS. Talk to that Mr. Jeff Bezos. He's the problem, that Jeff Bezos. Uh, but anyways, hopefully they figured this out and uh, they don't have any app outages uh, in the coming months. And our final news story is that little fire truck parade that happened in Walt Disney World uh, the past week. And uh, I know you've probably already seen this since it was floating all over the interwebs and, you know, videos and pictures of uh, fire trucks driving down Main Street. And no, it wasn't a parade. It was legit a response to a fire in the uh, Magic Kingdom. And uh, it was, I guess, a little uh, piece of shrubbery caught on fire. And uh, shrubbery, if you know uh, that, uh, reference to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, a, uh, a childhood favorite of mine. But, uh, anyways, uh, I, um, we'll get back to the story. Uh, yeah, it looks like some shrubbery caught on fire around, uh, Cinderella's castle, and uh, it was so small that it was put out by a single fire extinguisher. So it was nothing crazy. I don't think anything really big happened. Um, I think they responded just because they have to. If there's any kind of incident like that, I think they just kind of show up and make sure everything's good. Uh, no injuries. I know that the cast member that did put out the fire, uh, I think was escorted off property to a hospital uh, because he inhaled some fumes from the fire extinguisher. So I'm, but I'm guessing that wasn't a giant deal. They um, probably handled that pretty quickly. Uh, but thank God there was no injuries in the park, no kids hurt, no uh, you know families hurt in the fire. So yeah, I mean, it made for good Instagram videos, but um, nothing crazy, nothing too crazy happened at the Magic Kingdom. All right, so that brings us to today's main segment, and that is my Spider-Man No Way Home review. Uh, and let me just tell you, um, yeah, you know what I noticed? I did, we just did an Encanto movie review, and now I'm doing a No Way Home. So I guess we're the movie review podcast now, but uh, you know, it's just how it all the timing happens. So two movie reviews in a row, you're welcome. If you don't care, whatever, you can turn it off. But anyways... I'm excited that we even got to see this in the first place because I booked it very last minute. Uh, it was maybe two days before we saw it. It was a, oh my gosh, I didn't buy tickets for this giant movie that everyone's talking about moment. And I was surprised I was able to find really good seats uh, within a couple of days. So we wanted to go Saturday, but we ended up going Sunday uh, a day later. And um, yeah, it was pretty, it was fairly easy since I'm pretty sure every movie theater in our uh, area like they probably had 20 to 30 showings a day per movie theater. So plenty of theaters showing this dang movie and uh, you can't escape the frenzy that this movie is. I will uh, warn you, there are some spoilers in this review. So if you have not seen it, return to this maybe at a later time, turn it off now because I will be talking spoilers, nothing major. I'm not going to really go frame by frame uh, review this movie, just kind of give you my general thoughts. Uh, and, uh, yeah, feelings about this film. Uh, but yeah, spoilers, uh, are in here. So turn it off if you don't want to hear about it, but yeah, let's, let's go over the numbers really quick because this is super, super impressive, especially since we are 
still in the midst of COVID, and especially with the Omicron, 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 I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, it sounds like a robot, uh, but the variant has taken over the world and kind of uh, sparked some more, even more uh, reluctance to go out and some more shutdown stuff. And, you know, California has a new mask mandate. So anyways, things are kind of shutting back down a little bit. doesn't feel like it, but I don't know. Tensions are high again due to COVID. So listen to the numbers this movie put up this last weekend. Spider-Man No Way Home had the second biggest opening weekend ever for a film. Not COVID, not during the, the time of COVID, ever. It beat out Avengers Infinity War at $257 million. No Way Home had $260 million, so a few million dollars over Infinity War. I worded that wrong. Weirdly weird. So let me just, let me rephrase that. No Way Home uh, hit $260 million domestically opening weekend. Now, it beats out Infinity War by a few million dollars uh, to, to take the second spot. So Infinity War was at 257 and could not squeak by Endgame because, let me tell you this bonkers number, Endgame opened at $351 million its opening weekend. So nothing to scoff at at 260 but still far off, $90 million short of Avengers Endgame. But anyways, super impressive numbers given that people are not really going out as much, I think, because of this new stuff going around. And uh, yeah, that was good for Sony and good for Marvel and good for the executives that are now uh, buying their second yacht. So uh, yeah, again, big surprise. I enjoyed this movie. It was awesome. I'm a, I'm a Spider-Man movie fan. I am old enough that I remember the Tobey Maguire movies and grew up with those and Kirsten Dunst and uh, did see um, The Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. Um, did not see the second one because I wasn't very interested. So yeah, it just shows you I'm not a giant fan. I am a fan. I'm a casual fan of the Spider-Man franchise. And yeah, let me just, again, let's just go over, just summarize who was in this, who was in this movie. The cast is unbelievable. Let's start off with Tom Holland as Spider-Man, who's the best in my opinion. He's actually the age or looks the age of a Peter Parker. Um, Andrew Garfield, I think, was just too dang cool and handsome to be a nerdy um, high schooler. And Toby was a not very believable Spider-Man. <laughs> he definitely fit the part of a nerdy high schooler or nerdy college-age kid who he looked like back in the day. But um, yeah, I don't know if he could pull off the whole you know, macho Spider-Man guy. But anyways, you've got Tom Holland as Spider-Man. You've got Zendaya returning as MJ. You've got that Jacob, I don't know his last name, Batalon, 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 as Ned. He was actually a funny sidekick and enjoyable to watch on screen. He's not the guy that you're like, oh, stop showing him. He's not good. Um, he's actually funny and adds to the story. And a uh, little quick story here. Uh, my wife and I, when we went to Walt Disney World in April of this year, uh, actually saw this kid walking on to uh, the Jungle Cruise while we were in line. Uh, he had a cast, or I'm sorry, not a cast member, a, uh, you know, a uh, tour guide. And he had, I think his girlfriend with him and a friend. And he's like walking past me and I'm like making eye contact with him. And I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. And it took a while because uh, he had shaved his head. He was wearing sunglasses, but I knew he was from something and it clicked. And I, I feel bad because we made really awkward eye contact for probably a solid like seven, 10 seconds but it felt like two minutes when he was walking by and I was like, I know you, I know you, I know you, where are you from? And he's probably like, stop looking at me, stop looking at me, you weirdo. And it clicked and I was like, oh my God, 
he's the sidekick dude in Spider-Man. So that was a fun little celebrity sighting moment in Walt Disney World. Um, but anywho, uh, you got John Favreau as Happy. Don't know his last name, but he's awesome. He's also an amazing director. If you haven't seen any of his, uh, you have. If you've seen Marvel movies, he directed the first Iron Man and a bunch of other movies you like. Uh, you've got Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, R.I.P. Again, I told you spoilers, but God, that scene was so sad. Uh, you've got J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, his return as this amazing character, his screaming, his mustache, the whole thing. You've got Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. You've got Thomas Hayden Church returning as Sandman, uh, also in George of the Jungle, another childhood favorite movie of mine. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's great in a very cheeseball kid movie way. Uh, you've got Jamie Foxx as Electro. Freaking Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin. And if you want to feel nostalgia at his finest and feel good and feel like a kid again, go see this movie because seeing him on that big screen as Green Goblin, that laugh, that face, that you can contort his face like Jim Carrey does and looks like a different person, it's unbelievable. And last but not least, you've got the boys coming back as Spider-Man. You've got the dreamy Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire coming back as Spider-Man in one movie. You've got three Spider-Mans zipping around on the same screen. It was crazy. And I know it was like leaked, um, not leaked, but like you knew that they were coming back because people were like, yeah, you know, it's the, it's the multiverse and, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? Wizard Man. Um, as you can tell, I'm a very big Marvel fan. <laughs> um, uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Having one of those moments where I'm like, am I even? Holy smokes! Anyways, Benedict Cumberbatch's character. Wow, I apologize. I can't even remember his name. Uh, he's <laughs> he's in the movie, so he can split time and do all this crazy wizard stuff. And um, yeah, Doctor Strange. Good grief! It just came back to me. Doctor Strange is in this movie, and so you knew that some multiverse junk was about to happen, right? You knew that he was going to be bending time and bringing things in from other other parts of the world and whatever. Uh, all together. But when you finally saw it happen on screen, it is uh, it was crazy. So there wasn't like, I, I did see some clips on Instagram of like people freaking out, like screaming and standing up and clapping like, oh my God. Um, we did have the girl sitting next to me was the only one that said anything. And she was like, she just did like the squeaky like, oh my God. And it was done. So it wasn't as like, oh, like amazing as these Instagram clips make it out to be. But we had a lame theater um, and I didn't say anything, so I'm part of the lame group. But anyways, it was super exciting. If, you know, it's it's definitely fan service, right? You know they're doing it. Like, they spent about eight seconds, you know, close up on Andrew Garfield's face. And then you got Tobey Maguire coming up in a solid 20 seconds of the, this camera just sitting there because they know people are just like, what the heck? So it was fun. But yeah, let's go back to that cast. So the estimated production budget of this movie was $200 million, which is mind-boggling. Uh, at the least, but I'm pretty sure, like, you have to admit, like, 125 million of that has to have gone to the talent. That cast lineup is unreal. I don't know. I just, I when I read it, when I was reading it earlier, I'm just like, I can't. How? How do they get all these people to film at the same time? It's just impressive. So you know, they had to have been shuttling Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, like in, I don't know, like in a nondescript Honda Civic. Out, they thought it was probably a caterer's car at the uh, Atlanta studio, and they're like, that's definitely not anything special. But who, it was probably Tobey Maguire driving that 1998 Honda Civic, and that's how they tricked us. You know, that's how no leaks happen. So anyways, it's a fun movie. I'm not going to go into super 
detailed movie reviews because I just don't do that. That's not what we do. But um, it's worth it's worth an episode because of just how fun this movie was. Uh, it's definitely the dark. It's definitely the darkest of the um, Tom Holland Spider Man trilogy. It's a little more serious, uh, a little less kind of Marvel jokey, and way more action hero. Uh, you know, like I don't know. He had he had a struggle and he had to overcome it. Right, losing Aunt May. And he, you know, had just kind of second guessed his abilities as Spider-Man and like, oh my God, if I wouldn't have ABC, if she wouldn't have been in the situation and whatever. So, you know, he has this existential crisis of like, I screwed up here and I don't deserve to be Spider-Man and whatever. So you've got the other Spider-Mans, the other multiverse Spider-Mans helping him out going, brother, I've been through this. I lost Uncle Ben. And, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. We all have that line and oh my god we all bond with it and we're crying everyone's crying in the theater and uh yeah it was just a sweet movie sweet moment and so it was cool it was again it's darker it's it's a, a little more grunt you know edgy cool action hero but yeah i mean don't don't expect you know you're not going to see an oscar winning performance here this is not what those movies are meant to be um but it's still fun and it's still great. And again, the only, I have a couple gripes and I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here, but let me tell you the couple problems I have with this movie and it's just two and it's, it's not that bad. Uh, the intro to the villains, um, you've got Doc Ock, you've got Green Goblin, you got Sandman, you got Electro, uh, you got Lizard Guy. I still don't understand who that guy is because again, I wasn't a huge fan of the Amazing Spider-Man movie. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, they just weren't that good. Uh, but You've got these intro to these villains, and I know they only have a limited amount of time, but it felt very, very rushed. And I know, again, they have limited time, but I felt like it could have been handled a little better, but they were introed in about 15 minutes, and you're like, whoa, okay, we're in this. There's a now there's now seven characters that have to be tracking and not just the uh the core group. So that was a little eh, uh kind of slap in the face. And I was, I'm pretty sure 99% of this movie was filmed in front of a green screen, which you'd, you'd come to expect in a Marvel superhero movie. They usually are, but this felt like very excessive, like legit, this was filmed 100% indoors. So it was not as grounded. And again, I don't even know how you can say that for a Marvel film, but like Homecoming, the first uh, movie of this trilogy felt way more realistic if that makes any sense, the setting was a high school, the setting was a park, the setting was a, it just felt like more like normal life where this had like, I don't know, I guess with Doctor Strange, you have to expect a lot of green screen, but you know, you've got like rifts happening and space opening up and characters floating down from space and it just felt super out there. So that was one thing where I'm like, I don't know, I kind of felt like it had, it, I wish it had less of that stuff, but I don't know, I guess that's what you should expect with a Marvel movie. But again, at the end of the day, the star of this movie was Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin because he's so dang good in that role. And he's like a childhood, like, you, I don't know, you remember that, right? I mean, of, of all the of all the uh, superhero movies you, you grew up watching, Batman, all that stuff, I think he's like the most ingrained in my head. His voice, those uh, bomb things he throws, his suit, everything about him is just memorable. So seeing him up on that screen again, and also the guy hasn't aged a year, he looks exactly the same uh, from the original movies, uh, but he's amazing. He stole the scene in every single scene he was in. He just he just did amazing in it. So again, if you haven't seen it, definitely buy some tickets if you can get them. It's a fun movie. It's a solid two hours. You will not regret 
uh, pouring in. Uh, warning, there are two post-credit scenes. Um, one of them is a legit post-credit uh, teaser, cool little thing. They're trying to, you know, Sony's got their own little uh, universe now, film universe. They've got Venom, which I still haven't seen the uh, Tom Hardy Venom movies. And they've got, uh, man, what's his name? Mobius? Yeah, Mobius or something like that. Or Morbius. Man, I'm really bad at this. Um, a new um, uh, movie coming out from the Sony Marvel clan. So they've got their own thing going on, so they're teasing some of that stuff. And then the very last scene is supposed to be a post-credit scene or whatever. And you know how they used to tease stuff? This was straight up just a trailer for the next Doctor Strange movie. I felt that that was kind of cheeseball. Like, don't show me a straight up just trailer for it. Do the whole like oh, it's a five-second thing, and you get excited for it, and you're like, oh, my God, there's a new movie coming out. No, this was just a straight-up, like, minute teaser trailer for the next movie, so that was kind of lame. But anyways, go see this movie. Solid 8.5 out of 10 for me. I don't know. It's just a number I'm throwing out there. It was great. It was good. No. Is it going to win an Oscar? Probably not. Is it going to be the most memorable movie you've ever seen? No, but it's just a fun movie. It's fun to see all those old guys up there on the screen coming together to fight bad guys, you know, one ripped dude beating up another ripped dude, and they're all freaking jacked and on roids and beating each other up, so it's a fun beat em up movie, go see it, and uh, that's it, that's my review, so anyways, thank you for listening, thanks for joining, uh, I've got all this pent-up energy from not recording for a week, but um, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Market House Podcast, and uh, see all the crazy shenanigans we get up to there, we're going on a trip here in the next couple weeks, to uh, the happiest place on earth, and we'll have some more pictures for you from the park and in its last kind of dwindling Christmas season. And uh, again, thanks so much for spending time with us. We will see you next time.